Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Sometimes we do a sports show, you go, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. And today's one of those days. Because, because there's so much. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. And we got an hour and a half before we jump over and do White Sox Weekly at uh, 1030. So we got time to talk the um, Crosstown Series. We got time to talk the Cubs with Hoyer and all the guys that have left. And we have time to talk Bears as there's more guys that are injured, <laughs> I guess, that are. You ever play tackle, Fred? Can uh, you suit you up? I played tackle. Um, my buddies and I used to play with no pads. We'd play tackle against the Morton East. We played against the guys from Morton West with no pads. Ooh, I meant to you don't get hurt left as much. tackle, right tackle. Yeah, I would. I, mean, I would. I was a guard. I would have well, been a guard. We, can we switch it to left tackle because you got yeah you know, at least some name recognition yeah. compared to some of the guys the Bears have suited up. This oh, week. There, yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, and the, all they've got the guys that are hurt and ailing. Um, you know, most three of their draft picks are hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, now Borum. Nothing to see here, though. No. Oh, yeah, no, no big deal. Tevin Jenkins hasn't been out there at all. A bit, not yeah. a snap. Yeah, I know. But everybody's excited about Justin Fields. I guess he can solve all everything. Well, everything I, I want to see. I want to see him from day one. Yeah. under center. Right. Not with this offensive line. You keep him, keep sure. him away from any real. Yeah. Opposing NFL teams at this point. Yeah. And then Zach Levine's on his longest winning streak since UCLA, I guess. Because oh, the uh United States Yeah, the US men's uh basketball team won the gold medal. Um as they get past a uh, a tough France team. We oui, we oui. I'll and, take your word for it. Yes, and uh, I didn't watch I'm sorry, I didn't watch one minute of the baseball or the basketball. It's just on I didn't watch one minute of the Olympics. Is it, we got another week or is that it? Are I, we done? I think it ends soon. I think it may end the next day or two. I seriously have not yeah. watched a minute. Yeah. Well, I was. Um, I have a girlfriend now, and she likes the gymnastics. So I was all. I was. I was all into Simone Biles wow. and uh, the girl that won uh, Suni Lee, uh, who won the uh, all around and the women's or whatever. So yeah, I was all into that. Well, see that now that that's that's a sure sign of a strong relationship. It is. That could have been a deal breaker to <laughs> sit there and watch that. Yeah, well, you know, the nice part about just working weekends is I can catch up on baseball games anytime. Right. You know, I guess I could have caught up on the Olympics, too. Um, yesterday's <laughs> game, I met I met two of my high school buddies uh, at a pub up in uh, Elk Grove Village, and we watched the Sox and the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Talk about a bizarre game. Um, the entire contest was interesting. And there's guys on the Cubs team. I, I wrote them down here because I'm not sure about all their first names. Um Jake Jewell came in. Frank Schwindel hit a home run. Now, doesn't that sound like a John Candy character in, like, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Jake Jewell? No, Frank Schwindel. Yeah, it does. I sell uh, shower curtain rings. Yeah, yeah. He had a nice game. He was two for five. He struck out three times, but he also hit a homer. Yeah. Uh, Greg uh, Diekman. I think Dykeman, Diekman. Dykeman. 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 Yeah. There's a guy, guy, Fargus. Uh, It's funny. If you look at the Cubs' 40-man roster... They have mm-hmm. Andrew Romine and Austin Romine. Austin Romine's a catcher. He's on their 40-man. Mm-hmm. And Andrew is a guy that had not homered since, let me see. He had not 2019? Homered. Yeah, well, he has a three-run homer. Uh, he hadn't homered in quite some time. 2019, I think, if yeah. I saw that correctly. Kimbrell um, hadn't g- gave up his first earned run. 
since May 15th. Of course, you bring Kimbrell in, and all of a sudden he does Cub-like things from last year. You know. <laughs> well, Jesse, our guy Jesse Rogers tweeted out, could someone calculate the odds on what just happened? Because the guy hadn't had a home run since 2019. Right. And Kimbrell hadn't given up a run since May 15th, I think. And boom goes the dynamite on one pitch. Yeah. And something happened that can only happen in Major League Baseball the last two years. And it happened for both the White Sox and the Cubs. They both had two-run leadoff homers. Because there was a guy in second base yeah. to start the 10th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, yeah. and we won't have that next year. So that... No, which would be nice. So they both had two-run leadoff homers. Um, yep. Yeah, absolutely crazy game. Uh, Cesar Hernandez goes deep. That's the last guy you'd probably expect to go deep for the White Sox. He does. It's his first homer of the year. Adam Engel is hitting 524 Wrigley Field. Wow. Maybe the Cubs should have included him in the line, in the uh, trade. Um, How about Vaughn? I mean, this guy. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, uh, where does he rank in, in important players for the White Sox so far this season? He's very, very, very important. He can play everywhere. You know, you move him around from right field to left field. He gets a key hit. And even Sebi Zavala, after he, he remembered he hit three homers last week. <laughs> and then he gets a couple of big hits yesterday. So it was a yeah. fun game. It, it, well, I mean, it, it turned into a fun game. Like like Tony LaRusso said, the first six innings were pretty much a grind even to watch, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it, the two runs they get off of Kyle Hendricks in, in whatever, the, the fourth inning. Fourth where, inning, I mean, right. It bloop, bloop, you know, said it. I was watching the yeah. Cubs broadcast. Bloop, bloop, you know, the single. What? It wasn't like they were beating him up, no. right? No, he but pitched well. Like gonna, let me ask you about Tony LaRusso. Yeah. Sixth inning, bases juiced. Right? Yeah. Um, does he think that game's already in his pocket that he has Lance Lynn batting with two outs? I mean, I, I didn't understand why you wouldn't want to add on there. Yeah, I, I saw it. I, I wasn't surprised he left him in, but yeah. I it, I, I just, I, yeah, I was curious. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, you, you have a bullpen that you just, you know, bolstered with the trade deadline, and yeah. it didn't work out too well yesterday. Eventually, worked out, but you know, Kimbrel made it more interesting than it needed to be. But I just said, well, why wouldn't you try to get a few more runs there? I don't, I, and it wasn't going to be Lance Lynn doing it from you know the first at bat I saw him. So. No, well, he did. He did get hit earlier this year, but yeah, you know, okay, that's what happens when you have pitchers hit. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, that will change eventually. Next year, if they put the universal DH in. But if you want to talk some White Sox and Cubs from yesterday, jump on in 312-332-3776. Carlos Rodon goes against Edgar Alzali later on today. Rodon is going on eight days rest. Mm. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. Giolito went on six days rest. Not so good. No. Keiko went on four. He pitched Better. well. Yeah. And he he to pitch well got the loss the other day mm-hmm. and uh, yesterday if I'm not mistaken Lance Lynn was on six days rest also he pitched really well mm-hmm. you know and um, again he was facing a lineup you know <laughs> or, or Ortega Duffy Hap Schwindel Dykeman Romine I mean boy it's got it's going to have to be tough for the the rest of this year for these guys to watch now they're working their tail off because these are all guys that think they well, yeah, can no. yeah they're yeah, they're I mean, busting it, tail it's not like they're not going to play hard. Okay, you know. so how is this? If Jed Hoyer said earlier in the week, this is not 2013. Oh, tell me how how substantially different than it is when I'm watching that. I mean, I know these guys want to shine, and you know maybe a couple of them will end up, you know, being part of your roster. But I mean, do you see star written on any of these guys? I, I don't. 
how's this uh, that lineup? I know Steve Greenberg in the Sun Times wrote basically the Cubs are are the worst team in baseball given that lineup yesterday, and that takes in a lot of territory. With it does, but I mean, it, it truly is an embarrassment when you have. I mean, Jason Goff tweeted out during the game. Okay, you're just making guys up now. I mean, these names. Right? Oh, I know. It's like you're just making guys up now. Who's this guy? Who's that? Who's that? I mean, <laughs> well, they're, they're guys are coming in from the you know from the bullpen. Like I said, Jewel McGill. Well, Hoyer came in, pitched well for the Cubs, and then well, I've Man- seen enough of Manny Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Okay. well, you know, he okay. pitched well in his first outing. Struck out a couple guys, I and mean, okay. not yesterday, not so much. No. Yeah, gave up uh, three hits, four runs. And, and uh, Elzelay, I mean, I got to see a lot more from him, right? I mean, this he's he's struggled way too much for my liking if he's going to be the number two in your rotation when you're supposedly going to compete for something and yeah. really wake me up whenever that is because it's not anytime soon, Jed. Uh, don't call it a rebuild, Jed, and, and tell me, you know, we're going to compete sooner than later. Tell me how that's going to happen exactly. Are you, are you going to pull a Bulls and just all of a sudden, you know, Add three, you know, all star former all stars to your. I don't see it happening anytime soon. No, they are going to have money to spend. I mean, I think I, I think I heard their payroll is going to be something like forty million going into next year. Okay, but who wants to come and play with this? Group? I, I no, I understand that. I understand that it's going. You're going to have to go with. You're going. You're either going to have to get three guys that. Um, you know, are going to make good money, but not top, you know, top level well, I money. Mean, Taves and Kane going to call them and talk them into coming just like they did Flurry, Andre Flurry. I mean, who, who's, yeah. who's who on this roster is going to say, hey, you know, we really could use you over here to, you want to be part of this thing. Yeah, I mean, Frank Schwindel making those calls. Well, you know what the worst part is, is that some of the guys that have been with the Cubs for a while are guys that are having such bad years that are still here. Happen 179, uh, you know, not, yeah. Bodie Ooh. hitting 202. Mm-hmm. You know, it's guys like that. You're not going to have Rafael Ortega and Patrick Wisdom call call guys, or or Matt Duffy, who is got to be the skinniest baseball player I've ever seen. I know. Maybe right? it's just those uniforms. Maybe the maybe the dark blue makes it even him look even thinner because it looked his jersey looked puffy. And I said, my God, if he turns sideways, you know, the the wind might pick him up and put him in the basket. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable how small how small that guy is. Um, I, maybe it's just TV. Maybe I was looking at a bad TV. I'm not sure. But um, I actually, and I know you being a longtime Cub fan, I don't mind those uniforms. I'm in, I'm one of those guys that I don't care what they've grown, uniform they've you grown wear. on me. They've yeah. grown on me. Yeah. I will say that they're not bad. I don't no. care what uniform you wear. I mean, I'm really excited. The uh, you've got the game coming up on Thursday at the Field of Dreams, where the Yankees uniforms don't look a whole lot different than jerseys they were in the '60s, um, with just New York across it. But the White Sox uniforms look great. Um, can't wait for that one. Thank goodness they're gonna they are gonna put some a chain link fence, so you know there's not balls going into the cornfields every time there's a ground ball that hits the wall. Um, so that would be that that's gonna be interesting. But uh, yeah, so I I like the uniforms. That was they had one thing going for them yesterday, and then of course a rain delay. Rain pops up out of nowhere yesterday, and there's a, the game's delayed at the start. But um, that just allowed me to have an extra beer, I guess. So well, yeah, see, yeah, 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 it was it was a and it was a lengthy game, four hours and twenty seven minutes. Seemed longer as a Cubs fan. <laughs> yeah, it, it did seem longer. I, I mean, but but for the 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 tying home run, we're like, oh, this is interesting because my buddy Northbrook Bob was yeah. you know tweeting out, you know, you just had had a feeling like you, too many missed opportunities, like when Lynn was batting with the bases loaded. He kept saying, "I just feel like something. This is going to slip away here for the Sox, right?" Yeah. And when it got four four, like 
you almost get the sense that that was the momentum was just going to swing to the uh, the anonymous Cub lineup was going to pull one out of here, right? Yeah, I, I know when the game's over, you look back at stats and you go, okay, well the Sox won, but they were six for eighteen with runners in scoring position yesterday. Right, I know. And the Cubs were two for nine, a combined eight for twenty seven with runners in scoring position. So yeah. So how how are the Sox again? We I, I keep bringing this like once every three weeks. How are the Sox doing this? I mean, they're they're bottom with 121 home runs, right? Near the yep. bottom of Major League Baseball. Yep. When it's usually home runs are are you know, and you're putting a lot of wins in your win column. 11th in slugging at 412. Um, you know the batting average top 10 248. Runs scored pretty good 541, and their run differential is is still you know one of the best, if not the best, in baseball. But when you look at this, it's like. How is this going to translate to October? Because there's still that that record against winning teams is by far the worst of any team that's leading a division. I mean, it's the only one with a losing record. So I I don't know what to make of this because they're getting the job done. All those last three weeks might make you chew your fingernails if you're a Sox fan. Maybe Sox fans will weigh in on that. But are you a little more concerned now because it just seems like, you know, it, there's, it's it's a little uneven the last few weeks, right? Well, I have to go back and look, but I'm thinking that the reason the Sox run differential is so good is because their starting rotation is so good, mm-hmm. and their pitchers aren't allowing a lot of runs. So even though they're not scoring a ton of runs, the run differential is good. That's one of our polls actually leads in, which is of more concern. You can go to Twitter, at ESPN1000, and which is of more concern, the Bears offensive line or... The White Sox played the last three weeks. You dropped five out of, I mean, I'm sorry. You, yeah, you dropped five out of seven to the Kansas City Royals. Oops. Yeah, that's not a good thing. You lose three out of four in KC. You dropped two out of three here. And you've got teams like the Yankees, Tampa Bay, Oakland. They're all coming up on the schedule. And I know you got a nice, comfortable lead over Cleveland right now in nine and a half games. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Back in 05, I think the lead was like 17 and a half. Yeah, and it got all yeah. the way down to like three. It went down to the final day or yeah. two days, the yeah. day before maybe. Right, last season. couple yeah. days. So yeah. let us know three one two three three two three seven seven six. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN one thousand. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN one thousand. So the Sox and Cubs have Game 2 of the uh, Crosstown Series this afternoon. One twenty first pitch at Wrigley Field. It'll be Carlos Rodon going against Adbear Alzali. And um, we'll get to the phones. 312-332-3776. Our poll question, which is of more concern, the Bears' offensive line or the White Sox play the last three weeks? And Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times, he, uh, he retweeted the uh, Bears that are out for Saturday. It's amazing you have load management in practice, in preseason practice. I'm sorry. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan. And Jimmy Graham's on here twice, so I guess maybe he's getting twice the rest because he's on the list twice. Um, mm-hmm. Then out, um, J.P. Holtz, Thomas Ives, a receiver, Roquan Smith, Tevin Jenkins with a back, Larry Borum with a concussion, Tayshawn Gibson with a groin, uh, which we all have, uh, James Daniels, a quad, Linebacker Josh Woods with a quad. Some guys that are um, limited in practice. And um, you got a couple of COVID list guys. You have four of them on that. Along with Eddie Goldman, who sat out last year because he didn't want to get COVID. And then he comes to 
camp and, and test positive. Jeez, it's such a weird season. And I know that um, on the odds couple right before us, the guys were talking about preseason football, and I think Carmen said that the the Ravens were like 17-0 in their last 17 games in preseason. But just for just so everybody knows, you got to listen uh, on Fridays because they gave their picks. We rerun oh, it on man. Saturday. And now, Mike gave Toronto over the Red Sox, Toronto yep. won. He gave the Angels plus a run and a half, and the Angels won outright. It. No, Yeah, right. And then... Um, Carmen gave, gave the, the Phillies, Phillies the and, Red Hot Phillies, right, and the, the Phillies won. Phillies. Yeah, so yeah. they went three and zero. Oh. So if you're listening to these guys, they go they three ran and zero. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yep. So that's the way you do it. Want to do it when you're making wagers, which everybody seems to be. <laughs> when I was with my buddies yesterday, my one buddy's on FanDuel. I'm on Bet Rivers. The other guy says I got to get on one of these. You guys seem to be having too much fun. And um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, everyone's you doing know, it. The only bet I made yesterday, and, and I was cursing myself around the fifth inning. Yeah. Cubs to score more than three and a half runs. Okay. Okay. And thank you, Frank Schwindel. Yeah. Well, my my buddy had um my buddy had I think he had the Cubs um or no the Sox minus a run and a half. And it was okay. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. It was bad, then it was good, then all and of a then, sudden Schwind- mm-hmm. the guy hits a two run homer to lead off the yeah. batter of the tenth. It's like, okay, now what are we gonna do? So yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Um we were gonna talk some talk some um White Sox baseball, three one two, three three two, three seven seven six. The the Sox hitting has been tough. There's a stat that I printed up here. Let me see here. So many stats, so many so little time. Um White Sox offense in the first half. They hit two fifty seven, their slash line, two fifty seven, three forty one, four seventeen. And they had a one twelve weighted runs created plus, uh, which was second in baseball. Okay, and basically, you if for those who don't understand weighted runs created plus, and I'm one of them, my hands in the air. Um, one hundred is average, so mm-hmm. if you're above that, that's good. If you're below it, it's not as good. Okay, the second half of the season, the Sox offense hitting two oh six, two ninety on base, and a three eighty four slug, eighty eight weighted runs created plus, which is twenty sixth in baseball. So, and that was after. That was a couple days ago, after August fifth. So that was just they counted everything except yesterday's game, when they did get um, fourteen hits and struck out fourteen times, and the Cubs struck out twelve and got ten hits. So, yeah. So, so why is Hernandez batting eighth? You know what? That's the first time we batted eighth. I think it's only because the pitcher's in the lineup. He's batted okay. second every other time. Right. No. Yeah. I mean that that was a little surprise. You know. He's had a pretty good week, right? Yeah, he has. He's gotten two. He, I don't know how many, but he's got had at least four two hit games. I think it is since coming over. That's yeah. the one thing people talked about. Rick Hahn, what they needed, they needed a uh, relief help. He got Tapera and Kimbrel, and they needed a second baseman. And everybody was talking about Adam Frazier. Everybody was talking about Eduardo Escobar. Which I got to be honest with you, both of those would have been good choices. Sure, and they both went to places where they're going to be in the postseason probably. Uh, Padres, maybe. It's going to be tough for them with Tatis being hurt. But you got Frazier going to San Diego, and then you have Escobar going to Milwaukee. And every time someone goes to Milwaukee, I mean, Rowdy Telez is hitting, you know, he had two homers against the White Sox. He hit a single down the line, and the Cubs got the Brewers coming up, I think, four straight next week. Um, so that's not going to be that's not going to be easy. They're they're on a roll, and they got that pitching staff. So, but you go, Rick Hahn goes out and gets Cesar Hernandez, and the guy has been tremendous. He's yeah. gotten on base. He makes smart decisions. He know he's a baseball player. And I know 
I used to laugh when people said that. Of course, he's a baseball player. He plays baseball. But there are guys that are hitters. No. There are guys yeah. that are fielders. This guy's just a player. He can That's hit. It. He bunts when he needs to to get a hit. You know, he's a smart baseball player. It was a great pickup, I thought, by Han. I mean, it, and still, it's shocking that you're, the team trailing, he was the one that said, here, take him. You know, we, we're, we're okay with that. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> it was bizarre because he's still going to be around for a while. And, yeah, uh, you would think. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was a perfect pickup. But you're, I, I was wondering the same thing. But as it turned out, Adam Engel hit second, and he got three hits. Yep. So, okay. yeah, it is a Wrigley Field. So Jeff Blauser used to love Wrigley Field. Then the Cubs got him, and they realized that he loved Wrigley Field because he was facing Cub pitching back then. That's why it was, yeah. <laughs> That's why he was so good. <laughs> 312-332-3776. But as a Sox fan, you go, hey, Craig Kimbrell, this has been great. He had a wonderful year with the Cubs. He comes over to the White Sox. That's all wonderful. Then he goes to Wrigley Field, pitches against the Cubs, and he has like his worst game in four, what, several years. He allowed four hits for the first time since 2011. Yeah, 2011. Yeah. I mean, you know. and but, but, you know, the fact that he was out there, it gave us the, the two kids up in the upper deck doing the Kimbrell. Yeah, that was very funny. Yeah, that was they had the you know the dope who caught the foul ball in front of them. They the kids had their gloves ready to catch that ball, and you know the the guy's thirty something guy catches it and doesn't even so much as turn around and give it to him. But they were both doing the Kimbrel. You know, right, th- these two ten year olds or eleven year olds, wherever they were, I got a kick out of that. Yeah, you got the ponytail gang uh, with. They're t shirts. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They got Kopech, you've got Kimbrell, and Hendricks. And Hendricks comes in, goes in the inning of the third, and strikes out everybody. He gave mm-hmm. him one hit and struck out four, and he was pumped up for it. He got the win. He said this is the most wins he's ever had in a season, and it's not usually good when your closer has six wins. Um, you know, there have been times where he's blown saves and gotten a victory, and they asked him in the postgame yesterday about blowing saves. And getting the win, he said, listen, if you blow a save and your team loses, it's on you. He goes, if you blow a save and you win, you still don't feel good, but at least your team got the victory and they came back and helped you out. So he said, well, yeah. How about Lance Lynn is what, 0 and 12 against the Cubs? Is he? I didn't see that number. Oh, unbelievable. That's... I mean, with like a 6 ERA. And, and yesterday he was going to finally get his first win against this team. It goes back to like 2011 also. It, yeah. It, it, it's unbelievable. It, that, that guy that good. For whatever reason, just couldn't get a win against the Cubs, and it looked like he finally had one with a boat, you know, a bow wrapped around it. Yeah, not not so much. Well, he did know that they were different guys. <laughs> there was <laughs> no, no Brian Baez, and, uh, and 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 let me ask. You, um, I'm looking here. Yeah, Contreras came in late in the game, right? He didn't yeah. start. Yeah, which was I mean I kind of like Robinson Chirinos. I always did. He used to be a Cub. Yeah. And um, he's always been a pretty good player. It was a load management day on, on a Cubs Sox series. I, I, guess, I mean, I guess I guess that was it. We going out to Aurora and our buddy Jim. Hey Jim, what's happening? Hey guys, how are you? Doing well. Hey, you know you're talking about Kimbrel here, pitchers especially relief pitchers, and I know it sounds crazy, but I really think they are so routine oriented and psyche that they have to have a routine, and when. Kimbrell came over. They didn't necessarily name him the closer right away. They said, oh, we're going to use you in the eighth, the ninth, this and that. I really think that that takes him out of his routine. And I, I and we talked about yeah, it. I, I agree. talked about it. Yeah. It's how this is going to play out. And Tony was quick. Like, I think maybe later that day after our show, he said, this isn't going to be a quarterback controversy. Um, you know, because we were wondering, but just to Jim's point, the yeah. mindset of a closer I get the ninth inning, and and sometimes I get two innings, even though that's not the ideal. But it's like he said, well, who's ever fresh or available, and we're going to work this out. And I'm sure 
they'll work it out. And and to both guys' credit, they said no ego involved here. But I, I'm with Jim. Yeah, you you can be a team guy and say I don't care and all that, but you're used to doing what you're doing, and that makes you that helps make you the 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 closer that you were. Yeah, it happens quite often, Jim. You see guys who they, they want to get a guy some some work and they'll bring him in early because they don't have a closing situation and he'll just pitch like pitch terribly because that's not that's not what he does. And I know it sounds oh, I, weird to the to the you know just to the fan, but it does it's a psyche that they have. It's like listen when I come in, the game's got to be on the line and that's how I pitch better. I totally agree and too, like even even with the starting pitcher with Rodon coming up, if he's going to be on almost two weeks rest, that's mm. going to take them out of his psyche too a little bit. I would think so. so, so I, keep a, keep 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 an eye on that start coming up. Yeah, yeah Jim, we, we, appreciate we said it, Jim. Fred. Yeah. We said it when when you know Rick Hahn and you know we're going to take some of the pressure off, give some guys some days, and I'm like, whoa, way too way too early in the season to be getting guys out of the routine and like well, here's you know eight days rest, here's six days rest, and. I mean, I'm just don't don't take your foot off the the gas right now. I mean, unless a guy's no. got an injury he's trying to come back from or you know something, I don't see any reason to to screw up what's been a pretty good thing for you. Yeah, open it up. It'd be nice to see. The one thing about Rodon, his last two outings, he hasn't made it through four innings. So mm-hmm. maybe in his case, the eight days is is helpful. We won't know until the game gets underway. Callers, hang in there. Got to take a real quick break. we get right back to you talking some Sox and Cubs baseball. We also are going to play, because I want to get Brian's opinion on what Rizzo said and what what Jed Hoyer said earlier this week about not re-signing the big three uh, for the Cubs. 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Welcome back. Right back to the callers in a second. Hubner and Handley here on ESPN 1000. Brian, two, two of our guys, and I know you've seen them both on Twitter, and um, we're talking about names, and Fargus's name is Johnishwee, I think it is. Uh, J-O-H-N-E-S-H-W-Y. Um, and Will Chase, our buddy, says... Oh, funny guy. Always love when people go, who's Fargus? He said he was with the giant single-A organization I interned with in 2016, so I knew him then, took him and some other players for groceries a lot. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> got a lot of stories. I yeah, I'm sure. And then the other guy, Luck Chief, has a great one, because I was talking about how skinny Matt Duffy looked, and he said... Tristan McKenzie of the Indians would like a word regarding the skinniest player in baseball because yeah, McKenzie's like six six and he weighs he weighs like nothing. Carl uh, Edwards Jr. still pitching? Oh yeah, he, he's running. Honestly, Billy Hamilton. I noticed it with him yesterday too. Yeah, and he's then also he got, in there. And then he he was too close to the dugout opening, and they thought that the ball that went into the dugout he had you know he interfered with it. And hey, listen, when you, you when things are going against you, make you know have him review everything, and they did. Yeah. And uh, it didn't work yesterday. Let's go. Well, well, and and Steve Greenberg pointed out, I didn't realize this, that uh, Zach Davies is 160 pounds. Is he really? I mean, I just I just close my eyes when I see Zach Davies because I know bad things are going to happen. So I don't really notice that he's slight of uh, frame, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a little guy, I think, too. I mean, shorter, shorter guy. But uh, let's go to Evanston and John. John, what's going on today? Hey, guys. You know. After watching Anderson, you could see Anderson's kind of tired. You could, he just his bat's dragging through the through the strike zone. You know, I mean, he just he's talking to himself way too much when he leaves the plate. 
You know what? I might lead off Hernandez today because he did that in Cleveland and the, the guy's making contact and he's getting on base and that's what you want. I mean, I think if I think that might just be the spark the Sox need this weekend to get through this series. Let Hernandez lead off a couple of games. Maybe give Timmy the day off today and then drop him in the lineup for a game or two to try to get some timing back without the pressure of the leadoff spot on him. And then, you know, when, when they get to Minnesota, stick him back in the leadoff spot. Just, you know, let him have some fun. I mean, he just seems to put too much pressure on himself in that spot. And, and like I said, I, I think Hernandez will do a nice job in the leadoff spot today. And he's a switch hitter. Right. So, and, and, you know, he'll lay down a bunt, too. I mean, he's quick. He'll steal a base for you. It's no different than Timmy being up there. But I, I think right now Hernandez has got that little extra step right now in his game. And, uh, you know, you need those two. You need to get the two guys in front of your big first baseman on base. Maybe that will give him a charge and you'll see him start hitting again. Yeah, John, appreciate the call. And Brian, the White Sox have never had a daily double. That was always the Cubs uh, right. thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, it's not a bad move. I like, uh, you know, maybe Anderson does just need a day off, relax a little bit. He was up over 300. He went one for six yesterday. He did drive in a run, the last run for the White Sox in uh, the 10th inning when they scored the four runs. But uh, And I mentioned... Hernandez, and he went one for three with the two-run homer, but he also walked twice. I mean, yes. so, yeah, he's he's not a bad leadoff guy. Like John said, he did some of that when he was with Cleveland. So something uh, Tony can think of. I'll be interested to see if he maybe maybe does that. So Yeah, I, I, I'd be all for it. Because as you said, the guy knows how to play baseball. Yeah. I mean, no matter where you put him in the lineup, I think he delivers like he did yesterday in the eight hole. And, um, you know, I, I don't think – the guy overthinks it, right? He just yeah. he knows what he's doing up there. Right. Yeah, he does. So is this guy. He's one of our better callers. Um, not not that they're not all great. But out in Willowbrook, Owen, our guy. What's up, Owen? Hey, guys. How are you today? Doing well. Hey, the guy that really kind of concerns me a little bit is Kopech. He was lights out in Kansas City a couple weeks ago. And his last three, four, five outings, he's really, I think he's kind of struggled. Now, he wasn't as bad yesterday. But I think he's lost command of this fastball and the, and the strikes when he's up. Against Bodie, he had two great fastballs inside. I think it was Bodie that drove in the second place fly. And then he, he, hit, he hit a tough slider. But all in all, I think Kopech has lost a little bit of command of his fastball in the strike zone where he's getting behind in the count. And I think, that, I think he's a real key because he's that bridge to our two guys. Kimbrell, he might have been just a one-off. Who knows? You know, we'll hope but, so. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope so. But I, you know, I I think uh, I think Kopech got to get a little sharper because uh, he's not coming in and getting ahead on uh, with his fastball. I don't think lately. And then yeah, uh, it was you know, the too, other thing I wouldn't mind seeing, I wouldn't mind seeing Garcia third and sitting Moncada for a day or two, give that guy some bad rest because. He's been god-awful. Yeah, he was 0 for 21 before he finally got a hit yesterday. Um, so he's been struggling big time. Owen, we appreciate the call as always. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know when you bring guys in from the bullpen, they're not always going to be perfect. Um, but it does seem that, um, you know, Kopech struggled a little bit. But then there's other days he'll come in and just strike out the, all three guys he faces. He'll be blowing it past him at 100, 101 miles an hour. So, 
I mean, that's what they're getting. They're not overworking him at all. I mean, yesterday he just faced three guys. Right. He gave up the sack fly, uh, walked the guy. He went just two-thirds of an inning. Relievers can't, almost can't do that anymore because that's just three guys. You know, you don't have a, t- a chance really to, to uh, face any others. And then when Look, Bummer I, comes I know, in. I, I know Bodie can run into a fastball on yeah, occasion, but sure. he is batting 202. And, yeah. you know, it, you know it, was, it, it was meaningless as it turned out. But, you know, that's a guy that Kopech should win that bat- that battle, right? Right. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, uh, you know, the fly ball, as it, I mean, basically it is an out. Um, right. But, you know, after the walk and everything else, it didn't work out that great. Uh, let's go to Glendale Heights and Tom. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Tom. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. So I just wanted to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not that concerned about the White Sox because, the you know, the AL Central is terrible. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, yeah, you want to stack wins because you want to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But, I mean, you know, Cleveland, they're in second. They traded us their starting second baseman. <laughs> I mean, the Twins traded their best pitcher. I'm not really worried about the AL Central. Well, not, not the division. I'm I'm bigger picture. I'm looking. You know, are, are you can these last three weeks? How does that translate against playoff teams in the postseason? I mean, where's your comfort level now? If you if the playoffs started today, how confident would you be in in the White Sox currently making a serious run at a World Series? Well, right now, I'm I'm more concerned about getting guys at bats that are young because I want to see if they can develop fast enough to when we get to the playoffs, they're ready. Like, I mean, we kind of figured out that Zach Collins is the worst defensive catcher in all of baseball, and we need a lefty bat. Keep giving Gavin Sheets those at bats. Keep developing the players. Because, you know, look, look, look at Vaughn. Vaughn, if you keep getting him more bats, he can develop better against right-handed pitching, which he struggled with at the beginning of the year. That's what I want to see because – I, right now, and, and yeah, I want to beat the good teams, but I don't know if that really matters now. It, it matters in the playoffs, and you want to get guys, like like you talked about Kopech, just keep stacking innings. Just keep playing and developing. Because right now, Andrew Vaughn might not be ready for the playoffs, or Gavin Sheets might not be ready right now, but when we get to the playoffs a few months from now, maybe they will be ready, and that's why you have to keep getting them at bats. Yeah, Tom, appreciate the call. Yeah, I understand what Tom's saying. And, Brian, I mentioned this to you, and I mentioned it to Xander a couple of times because you or I would do a show after a Sox loss, and the same with Xander. And I'm saying no matter that you have a nine-and-a-half game lead, we still, the fans still live and die with every one of these games, even though it's a nine-and-a-half game lead, okay? We dissect everything. And maybe sometimes we need to take a step back. It's not easy because we're looking ahead. And in baseball, they really can't afford to look ahead. Uh, you know, and Tony's actually a good manager for that. LaRusse's is always win the next game. You go out, you know, forget about the loss. Forget about whatever happened today. Let's go and win tomorrow. And he's always about that. So maybe as they get further along, that'll help. You know, we as fans are all thinking and looking at all the things, the bad things that could happen. And hopefully that's not well, all in but, their heads. And Tom, I mean, Tom's exactly right. Yeah. You know, the team that, you know, ostensibly would be chasing you, even though you're nine and a half back, is Cleveland. And they they have the white flag trade, right? They gave right. they gave the team in front of them a, a bona fide second baseman. And, you know, here, go, go win something, you know, because we're not doing it this year. I'm not, again, I'm not concerned about a total collapse because this division's not good enough for – even if the the White Sox really start slumping here in, in a serious way, yeah, I don't see any team that would also be playing plus five hundred ball to make it even interesting. But I just look, we're con is basically so we're going for this thing, right? Right. So if you're a White Sox fan, 
how close do you think you are right now, given the kind of uneven play? I mean, I'm with you, Fred. You don't, you know, you live and die with every win or loss, but whatever. I'm just like, if you're going for this thing, is this team good enough? Are you confident enough that once the playoffs start, that they're they're going to be able to beat winning teams and do it? You know, win series, two series, get you know, get to where you want to yeah. go, get to the World Series. Well, plus we've seen how slow it is for Eloy Jimenez to use to start hitting. He's gotten right. a couple actually pretty nice hits of late. Um, he got that nice hit against uh, Kansas City two days ago uh, down the right that field line. Yesterday, a lot of guys did though. Brian yeah, Nora was uh, had a, a little interesting day behind the plate. Yeah. Oh my lord! Unbelievable! How bad uh, you know? And he everything he was missing outside, and he didn't give anybody the high strike yesterday nope. all game long. Uh, Hendricks didn't get it. Lynn didn't get it. It was brutal. One more call before a break. Let's go on out to the roads and Colin. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Colin. Oh, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, real quick, Fred, before I get to my point, uh, Hernandez did walk twice yesterday, but he was batting eighth in front of Lynn. I think they were intentional walks. But yeah, they okay. were. Okay, okay. Yeah. sorry about that. Like I said, I was I was watching in a bar drinking, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I just saw <laughs> well, regardless, 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 he has walked more this year compared to previous seasons he's had. But, but anyways, um, in, in response to your question, I think the Bears' line is way more concerning than the White Sox. I mean, the Sox are going through a slump, but they're going to be fine. I mean, Eloy's going to heat up. You're hoping Abreu and Moncada are going to heat up. Robert's Robert Grandal are coming yeah. back. I mean, we're just slumping. It's a long season. But the Bears' line is, is not promising. I mean, they straight up don't have a left tackle on the roster. I mean, they drafted this kid, and he hasn't even played yet. He's got a bad back. Like, that's not going away. Like, we all have bad backs. Your back doesn't just get better. And we don't have a guy to play instead of him. Like, they're going to move a Fetty to left tackle, and now you're going to have some scrub playing right tackle. A Fetty doesn't even play left tackle. No. So their line's in shambles. Like, I don't know why they just thought they could just ignore their line when they drafted a rookie QB. Like, Dalton's not going to be able to evade pass rushers with a crappy line. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, maybe Fields can run around. They're going to have to draft or sign a guy, you know, this year or next year. They're just going to have to do something. Yeah, and they are. And we appreciate the call, Colin. Thanks for pointing out the walks. Um but yeah, we're gonna when we come back, we'll hear from Matt Nagy. He was out with Cap and Jay Hood yesterday. He talked about the uh, health or lack thereof of his left tackle Tevin Jenkins. Jenkins, who is not practicing, still with a, a bad back, and there are other guys as we were talking about not practicing. Larry Borum with a uh, he suffered a concussion, uh, and then the receiver Daz Newsom he broke his collarbone in OTAs. So you know the guys they picked up in the draft to help them. Um, a lot of guys hurt and not being able to get it on the field as of yet. We'll talk about that. We come back. Take your calls. 312-332-3776. Don't forget, White Sox weekly getting underway at 1030 as the White Sox and Cubs go at it again. Game two of the Crosstown series, and we've got it for you right here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Now, one thing the Bears did, they went and picked up uh, a linebacker this week, Alec Ogletree, who who had, I think it was three picks the other day. He had one he yesterday, did, yeah. and he's had one today already. Now, <laughs> Tyler Rocky, our producer, just let, us, let me know he had another one today. And I'm saying, does that mean he's a good linebacker or, or bad quarterback? quarterback. Yeah, we still yeah. Or is it the uh, the interception drills where they have the quarterbacks throw interceptions on purpose? On purpose. Is that what it is? They should Mitch, not, that should never Mitch happen. Always, Mitch was always good at that during the week. Was... <laughs> that should never, ever happen. They should never have the quarterbacks intentionally no. throw interceptions. They no. should bring in either the third string guy or someone else. You don't want your quarterback ever throwing an interception. No. 
Bring in Sogard. <laughs> Wait, why not? Yeah. I mean, he's around. I still think the funniest thing I've seen all season was when Sogard pitched and he got to the line afterwards and he he took his glove off and his hat and the umpires just looked yeah, at him and yeah, said, "Go yeah. ahead, we yeah, don't yeah. we don't well, need this." Didn't he pitch the night before, like two <laughs> nights before? And they he was coming off and. He thought he he was uh, he didn't have to get checked, right. so he just kind of like cruised into the dug on. They're like, no, 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 yeah. no, no you gotta, on. yeah, let's yeah. see that glove. <laughs> let's see if you got any spider stuff on. Yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're talking about the Bears and some of the injuries. Matt Nagy had a chance to join Cap and Jay Hood the other day. Cap and Jay Hood seven till ten Monday through Friday, and he talked about Tevin Jenkins, the uh, pick of the Bears and. Second-round pick, a guy that was a first-round talent that many people thought. He actually played a lot of right tackle. He's going to be the Bears' left tackle and hasn't been able to get much on the field. And Matt Nagy talked about him. Number one in training camp for all of our guys. We're kind of in that mode right now where you start to see some nicks uh, and, and some bumps and bruises with these guys, but specifically with Tevin. Um, you know, we're, we're completely aware of, of what he has going on right now with the back. And, and um, you know, all of our trainers and doctors do a lot of you know, great background checks on these guys, and and we're very comfortable where we're at. The, the, the fact of the matter is right now is that we just got to make sure that what we're doing is, we, you know, we figure out exactly what's going on, and then um, at the right time uh, that he, he, number one, is healthy, and then number two, when the time comes, we're able to get him out there. In the meantime, when he's not out there, we got to make sure that other guys are having great opportunities to know that that, that left tackle spot is wide open right now, and so we're kind of in, in that spot, and, and that's a, a big uh, a big deal for us right now to get that competition right. Yeah, uh, that's you never want to hear the head coach of your favorite foot, football team say the left tackle position is wide open right now. Yeah, and and you're worried that the fifth round pick isn't available, and it's a chance for other guys to step up and and take a look at. Ironically, on the day Jimbo Covert's going into Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, one of the best uh, left tackles in Bears history. Yeah, and and I, I never thought I'd miss Charles Leno, but is uh, Brad Biggs pointed out today in the Tribune, he didn't miss a practice in six years. I know. 93 starts or regular season games, and he didn't so much as miss a practice. So he, he was what he was and is what he is, but, you know, the guy showed up. I mean, the guy was available. Right. So. Yeah, he missed some blocks, but he didn't miss practices yeah. and he didn't miss games. Right. And a lot, you know, they always tell you the best ability is availability. And, yeah, uh, yeah that would help when you've got a guy who's actually got to learn the position. He has played it a little bit, but he was more of a right tackle than a left right. tackle, yeah. and it, it is it is different. Uh, you know, your average fan may not think so, but it is a different position. Going, leaving a different foot and pushing differently, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm eager to see him out there. I thought when they did get him in the second round, I said, "How awesome is that?" They move up to get uh, Fields, and then they get the guy they thought they were going to get in the first round in the second round. It's like, Terrific. okay, this yeah. is working perfectly, right? Yeah. You know, and then it's funny because some people say. Um, um, Matt Nagy actually was talking about how Daz Newsom, the receiver they got in the fifth round, is a guy that they knew they liked. And it's funny, I think it might have been Gridiron Assassin who pointed out that he was the Bears' third pick in the fifth round. They took two other guys before him. So mm-hmm. how, how yeah. much was it that they how, really wanted him? How high him? were they on him? Yeah, how high were they on him? We were surprised that he was available there. He yeah. was available couple other moves yeah right yeah and he was there and we're we were wondering afterwards what the heck happened let's go to our guy uh george out in old town george what's happening today hi my boys i I gotta tell you you know would man nagy ever think that would be better to have a guy who's 4-4 starting who's mobile when you got an offensive line that can only sustain so many blocks 
You want to slow down the rush. You don't want Andy Dalton to go down in the first game and get injured. You want to make you got to you got to in this day and age in the NFL, you got to think on your feet as a coach and go with what would work. And I'm sure that Fields can pick things up quickly. Yeah, it seems like he can, and I know that every we see highlights almost every day of him completing nice passes down the middle of the field. And again, I know it's training hey, camp. Jimmy Graham's, you know, it's likened him to Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty high praise. It's very high praise. Uh, this from you know a guy that actually, despite what we all think about Jimmy Graham, he did catch touchdowns, and that's why they brought him here last yeah. year. I, I'm, I'm look, I'm surprised he's back. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm, know, I'm surprised is. he had he signed a two year deal, and you know what. We all have to admit that he's the one, he, we all might have been wrong about him, okay? I mean, he's not the guy that's going to help move the ball down the field. But, but when once you get, you're in the red zone. Yeah, once you get near the goal line, uh, that's money, a good thing. Yeah. We'll hear from uh, what he had to say. We come back also, we'll hear the uh, Jed Hoyer and Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo was on with Cap and Jay Hood, his last appearance, as he's now a New York Yankee. He was on earlier this week talking about how, you know, Jed said, yeah, we all of our offers, they'll make, they'll hold up. They're all market value. Well, we'll talk about that. We've also got a poll that way. We'll do that when we come back here on ESPN 1000 in just two minutes. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Half hour away from White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. We were talking right before the break, Brian, about Jimmy Graham. And um, he really likes what he sees from Justin Fields. He actually compared him um, earlier this week to Russell Wilson. He sits beside me in the locker room and, and um, man, he wants to be good. You know, and he wants to be great. Man, he puts in the work. Um, you know, his uh, the guy really, you know, really, really can throw the ball. You know, that's been impressive to see his arm strength. Um, you know, at some point I got to get him, I got to, I got to get him matched up. Um, at, at some point, um, uh, the guy out there in Seattle, you know, especially, you know, the ability to, you know, to make plays um, while you're running, I think, you know, he's going to have, um, you know, it's, it, it's been impressive to see him so young, so focused, um, you know, and I can tell, you know, it, it definitely reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson. Yeah, and that would be obviously awesome because Russell Wilson is one of those guys who, um, you know, went to Seattle and uh, was not expected to start. They brought in was it Matt Flynn uh, in Seattle, right? Yeah, and then all of a sudden they just he just showed up, and um, we we've seen what kind of numbers he's put up and uh, awesome numbers. He's been a great quarterback in the NFL. We can only imagine, um, you know, the visions of uh, visions of you know playoff games and playoff victories with. Um, Justin Fields in there, if well, he's anything close to Russell Wilson. And I know you've been talking about, you know, we're going to see Justin Fields in the preseason. Yeah. Is that a good thing now, given the the, the shape of the offensive line? Yeah. Um, you know, the only I, good thing is you'll probably have, you know, second and third string guys. Yeah, and yeah. second, third string guys rushing. So. Yeah. But who who want to make a name for themselves, and if they well, can put <laughs> Justin Fields on the IL. That's true. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it just it, – it's going to be an interesting – preseason because he's going to be out there for the most part doing whatever he's doing if it's short you know if they're trying to protect him or not but you know if he's russell wilson in the making and and i know matt nagy is married to this you know we're sticking to the patrick mahomes blueprint from kansas city that he was part of right he's not going to see the field this year if he if nagy you know can help it 
The fact of the matter is every guy in that locker room is going to know who the best quarterback is. So Andy Dalton better come out and win games because if they're sitting there even two and two when they should be three and one and four and oh because of the quarterback, you know, every guy's going to be frustrated that they believe they have a much better quarterback who's not going to see the field. And, and you know, at some point that team wants to have the best opportunity to win each week. And if they know it's the quarterback's holding them back, then Matt Nagy's going to have to reassess. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, we, we've we always said that uh, the people that will know he's ready before anybody else will be his teammates. Absolutely. They'll be the guys that play for him, the guys that block for him, the guys that are catching passes. They'll know who the better quarterback is. The guys who are rushing against him. Right. right? I mean, the guys in the secondary. Yeah. Yeah, they'll know exactly what it is. A week ago today, we were able to sit here and talk about all the trades that were made when it came a trade deadline. And the Cubs made a bunch. They moved Anthony Rizzo. They moved um, Chris Bryant. They moved Javi Baez. Who Javi Baez is going to be the same no matter where he goes. The other day in New York, he slid into home plate with one of those take the hand away, use the other hand, he gets in, he gets a homer to the opposite field. Next day, strikes out five times. Yep. And that is the player you're going to get with Javi. Really good fielding. People are always ta- are talking now about the possibility when um, Lindor comes back to move him to third because they like what Jeff McNeil does at second base as opposed to moving him over to third base and they figure Javi can play third, which I don't know that he's ever played third base, maybe a game here or there, but that's interesting. So Jed Hoyer was on earlier this week with um, Cap and Jay Hood talking about why they couldn't re-sign uh, all the guys that they ended up trading. The only thing I will say is that while frustrating, um, I put my head on the pillow every night knowing that we put we put our best foot forward. Um, the extensions that we offer these guys will hold up exceptionally well. Uh, historically, they'll, they'll hold up exceptionally well against the open market. And I don't know why guys didn't want to sign. I don't know why guys didn't want to even counter offer oftentimes. Um, I don't know. And, uh, cause every one of these guys would say they wanted to stay in Chicago. We want to be a cub. But then when we sit down and do negotiations, that wasn't how they acted. And, you know, I see a guy like Lance Lynn who comes to Chicago and, you know, signs a, a extension. He certainly, you know, could have gotten more on the open market this winter, but I, I want to stay here. I want to, I want to be a white Sox. And, you know, we, that wasn't something, you know, other than, other than Kyle Hendricks, um, who I admire for really rolling up his sleeves with us, we didn't have that. And so um, it's a source of incredible frustration for me, but at the same time, it's a source of zero um, second guessing. It's a source of zero um, you know, analysis from my end that we, what, what could we have done because I look at it and I know what was offered and I know what, what the dialogue was. And I think we, like I said, we put our best foot forward. Uh, we tried um, our hardest and, you know, um, those efforts were not reciprocated. Okay, before we play what Rizzo had to say, what were your thoughts when you heard Hoyer say that? Well, as I tweeted out, uh, I believe him. Now, I believe him with Baez and with Rizzo that he put out what he believes will hold up in the market. And, and as I tweeted out, we'll see. Eventually, those numbers, and, and the five years and $70 million that, that's been reported with Rizzo, people seem to accept that as what the offer was, the, the last offer, and Rizzo obviously, you know, disagree with that, but I thought that's a fair offer given where Rizzo is now with I'm going to be 32 and what his production has been the last couple of years. We'll find out. These numbers will come out. Uh, Buster Olney, I think back in April said the Cubs had offered 180 million 
to, but not sure how many years for Baez. And I know that he thinks he's going to get Francisco Lindor money, but you just said it. Right. Strike out five times, be exciting, get you out of your seat, Javi, the day before that. Um, is he worth north of $200 million or close to $300 million? I don't think so. Um, I also believe what Chris Bryan said the other day in San Francisco. He said, you know, I wasn't approached at any point after the spring of uh, after the World Series. That was the one time. He said, after that, it was nothing. I always was open to hearing from them, like I've always said, but there was just wasn't anything after that. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, he's a Scott Boris guy. I, I don't think, I don't know, Scott doesn't represent Baez, does he? I don't I, think I, so. Okay, so Scott Baez, or Scott Boris always wants his guys to hit free agency, right? I right. mean, he just, that's, he wants people competing and, and bidding against, you know, get the highest contract. But you know, Chris Bryant's not getting north of $300 million. It's not the Chris Bryant we've seen the last couple of years. And I love the guy. And I wish he'd stuck around. But I do believe that maybe he didn't get an offer because maybe the, the Cubs front office believe that Scott Boris has no interest in signing extension and, and wants him to be a free agent. But I do believe with Baez and, and Rizzo that Jed Hoyer will prove to be right, that his offers will hold up in the free agent market. I, I, as I tweeted out, I think Rizzo and, and Baez in particular, and maybe even Chris Bryant, will be surprised not in a good way about what they end up signing for. Yeah, I'm eager to see how it all uh, plan, <clears throat> pans out. Rizzo uh, was on with Captain Jay Hood and talked about Hoyer's comments. The only thing I will say that's, is that's that. That's him. That's Hoyer. Hold on. Um, I, I'm kind of confused on... You know why? Why I say that? Uh, sounds like a bad breakup, and the person saying that they're fine when they're not fine. But I mean, listen, you have when it comes to the guys on our team and what we did, and uh, gold gloves, silver sluggers, MVPs, rookie of the years, um, good people. Those, those things cost money, and. and I know it comes down to a business, and uh, when you want your cake, you want to eat it too. I mean, that was just kind of how it seemed, and I think, I think it can all speak for itself that there's a common denominator uh, no one signed, and uh, whoever wants to dig in that can. But I just think that, you know, we had such great memories there that to, to come out on air and say that just doesn't really make sense, but it is what it is. Yeah, you can tell he was upset. The one thing that I'm thinking of as he's saying that is you won the World Series five years ago. Right. Okay. Chris Bryan was rookie of the year before that. Okay. Right. You, MVP. Right. Yeah. You can't be paying people for past performance. And every it's funny because some players want to be paid for past performance because they didn't get it. Now, if they did come to Bryant with a deal then, like he said, that might have been his best time to get the kind of money he's looking for to stay here right. with the Cubs. Right. You know, and and everyone thought, you know, there was a 10 year, 30 plus million dollar deal that he would get in free agency. And, you know, and then it was all back to, you know, what the team did him wrong by keeping control of him and keeping him in the minors and all that. He's not getting that contract anymore. And I, I get Anthony Rizzo's frustration because he signed what everyone, you know, believes or agrees was a team friendly contract and it was backloaded. So I think he was making 16, making 16 million this year. So five years and seventy million, he's averaging taking a step back. But I mean, is that? I think that's a mar- fair market value for the Anthony Rizzo we see today yeah. at thirty-two. I, I really do. And then, 
I get why he thinks it's his time to get more money because he signed a team. But he chose to sign that deal back back in the right. day, the seven-year deal, whatever it was. So I think Bryant's a different, de- uh, different deal because of what he w- had done in a very short period of time and fulfilled every expectation of where he was selected in the draft and, and exceeded those, obviously. And, you know, Baez, is he going to get more than $180 million? I can't. He might get two hundred. Maybe he's not getting. He's yeah. not getting Lindor money. He's just not. No, I wouldn't think so. So we have a poll up there uh, at ESPN one thousand on Twitter. Do you believe Cubs president Jed Hoyer when he said that the team made market value contract offers to Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo? Simple, yes or no. Um, before we're done here at ten thirty, we will uh, we'll recap what everybody thought about the polls. We also had another one which we haven't gotten to it yet because we only have an hour and a half here before White Sox Weekly gets underway. But which team who's is doing improved? That show? Huh? Are they here yet? Who's, <laughs> they're who's, here. They've been here for here? a while. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, you and I talking White Sox baseball oh, for two hours. Right, um, so which team has improved more during the summer, the Blackhawks or the Bulls? Now, the Bulls had just an amazing, you know, right out of free agency, boom. And all of a sudden you get Lonzo Ball and then you work a deal with and you bring DeMar DeRozan over there and you get the, the headband guy with uh, hey, Alex Caruso. Thank and, God they allow headbands now. Yeah, balls, exactly. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so your thoughts on that? That's one of our other polls at ESPN 1000. The Blackhawks, uh, Theo Fleury, I guess, had to be talked into uh, deciding Andre to play Fleury. this year. Andre Theo Fleury. Fleury, you don't want to bring him back. Oh, well, he was fun when he was here. Oh, he was. He was. <laughs> he and Proby had fun. I know that. Yeah, I know. So, um, the Fleury had to be talked into it, uh, appears, um, you know, to actually play here as opposed to retiring. And he talked earlier this week. Uh, what was your thought when he, when they first made this deal? Well, I voted that the Blackhawks, no matter the, you know, the moves, multiple moves the Bulls made this week, you went and got a three, three-time Stanley Cup champion, a Vesna winner, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the most, still the most important position uh, on the ice. Yeah, he prevents and, the puck from going in. Yeah, yes. and, and for a team that's hard-pressed to score a lot of times. Uh, and plus, if you look, you know, they went out and, and got a big, you know, big-time defenseman they believe is going to be here for a long time and worth the contract they gave him. So, I mean, I it, they they sh- they went from a rebuilding team to a team they believe is a playoff team. Now, the Bulls believe they're going to be a playoff team, too, but they believe that on tra- on uh, trade day today, this past season as well. Right. But if you went and got the best guy possible for the best for the most important position, I vote Blackhawks. And it doesn't d- diminish what the Bulls did. I just think I didn't see that that coming. And yeah, and initially, I didn't think Andre Fleury was coming either right. because he sounded like he was going to retire. But here he is and seemingly is is excited to be part of this thing. And so Kevin Lincoln and, you know, terrific, great story, you know, surprised to uh, just, you know, the, the, the guy that got you into the conversation and got people excited this past season, but eventually kind of flattened out and hit a wall, you know? So I, I voted Blackhawks because they, they, did the best you could by upgrading the most important position. Yeah, at least there should be some fun at the United Center this coming uh, fall and winter. 312-332-3776. Don't forget White Sox Weekly getting underway in 15 minutes right here on ESPN 1000.